you know, it's not Karachi, it is not East Pakistan, this is not India, this is not Ireland, this is never records, this is never records, this is never records. And certainly me. In the crashing. In the booth with never records. Nice. With 13 minutes. Across the ocean, from New York to Liverpool to Derry, we are the ones who believe that through joy we can forever live. You are not listening to Never Records on Converge Radio 99.9 FM. Welcome to episode 73 of Never Records Radio. My name is Ted Riederer, and I'm an artist and musician who lives and works in New York City. From the Mississippi to the River Jordan and back to the Missouri, I've recorded musicians, poets, historians, architects. Anyone who wants to cut a vinyl record for free in my conceptual art project, Never Records. The Never Records archive continues to grow. To this date, there are over 500 recordings from more than nine cities around the world. Recently, I've had a couple of acquaintances congratulate me on my music project, Never Records. I'm not sure why, but this has always bothered me, as the project is so much more than just music. Any false public perception is partially my fault. I've tried to keep Never Records deliberately inscrutable, as if naming it or defining it would somehow kill its magic. And in some ways, the only opinions that matter to me are from the participants and witnesses to a session. They may remark that a big part of Never Records is about a diamond etching their sounds onto an object forever, or how the visualization of sound can be a kind of antidote to the ignoring and disenchanting mundanities of life. I firmly believe that it's the artist's job to re-enchant the world. So it's hard to define Never Records because it's also as beguiling to me as anyone else, an ever-changing artwork that has been a vehicle for me to see and experience the world. Last week I was in Miami for the commercial art fairs, and I was reminded of my favorite quote by Carl Gustav Carus. Sad to say, I have watched all too many artists and scholars too treating their own art or science as a mere milk cow and asking like artisans only what pleases the crowd, what flatters the follies of the day. As they become more and more embroiled in such concerns, their brief flush of youthful enthusiasm gave way to a Philistine dullness in which the brush or pen was ruled no longer by the head and the heart, but by the stomach. Before Never Records, I had the ambitions of someone who thought he understood what art was and what it meant to be an artist. Having a dealer and selling work was a big part of my New York dream. I would have jumped at the chance to have my work in a gallery or at an art fair, embracing the vapid side of the art market that has little to do with the substance of art. After Never Records, I'm not so sure what it means to be an artist. I have learned that good artwork is as edifying for the artist as it is to the viewer or listener, and that art can be a map 
for a life full of meaning and adventure. Let me describe this next recording to you. Elvis, the architect, urged me to go west. I had lunch with him at Howard's, a small restaurant across the street from Never Records, who serves what could be the best cheeseburger in Kansas City. I was debating about whether the six-hour round-trip drive to the Flint Hills was worth the effort, and he responded emphatically that indeed it was. And that evening, he sent me a thoughtful and beautifully written set of directions that read like a chapter from Ray Bradbury's Dandelion Wine, a book that I have treasured for decades. This is Elvis Acapul. Here are some locations I like to visit in the Flint Hills. The first few are accessible off of Highway 50. One, the Tallgrass Prairie National Preserve is just outside Strong City, Kansas. It's open 24 hours. I love visiting at midnight. I've run into bison here a couple times, but don't get too close. Two, Matfield Green is an old railroad and ranching town. There are a handful of artists who have stakes here. Wes Jackson moved here with a group of folks to found an early version of the Land Institute in the 1970s. Terry Evans took some of her better early photographs here. Bill McBride is a sculptor who stayed in Matfield after the Land Institute moved out. He's still here and is slowly turning a stretch of railroad easement into the Matfield Station Prairie Art Project. I like his installation of perfectly balancing branches there. William Least Heat Moon wrote about Matfield Green and the rest of Chase County in his book, Prairie Earth, A Deep Map. Three, my friend is renovating the old bank in Elmdale, Kansas. We visit him there occasionally. When we do, we like to watch the sunset just west of Chase County Fishing Lake. The best view is under the communication tower near the intersection of Lake and North Roads. Starting off in Elmdale, drive east on Main Street. It turns into Lake Road. Turn right where it tees with North Road and the communication tower will be to your left. Four, there are other places to explore. Cottonwood Falls is probably the most populated town, and you can get directions and recommendations at the Symphony in the Flint Hills offices if you want. There's a beautiful old stone mill in Cedar Point, and I love to sit on the Clement Stone Arch Bridge in Clements right off of the highway. Five, if you can go further into Kansas, go to Lucas. It's home to the Garden of Eden, which is what S.P. Dinsmore named the estate he built in the 19-teens and 20s. First, he made a log cabin out of cement logs. Then he turned the whole property into a series of cement dioramas depicting Bible stories and political cartoons. There were cement rabbit hutches and bird cages for his kids. He encased his first wife in a cement tomb and then preserved himself in a glass coffin stacked on top. The seals broke several years ago, so he's mummifying in place. But for decades after his death, he looked the same as his last day on earth. The Kohler Toilet Company purchased the property a few years ago and restored it, and then they donated it back to a trust. Six, you may want to spend the night near Lucas. I love to camp on Lake Wilson, which has crystal clear waters. Kansas 232 connects Lucas and Wilson. It's also called the Post Rock Scenic Byway because early settlers used to make everything, including their fence posts, out of the abundant limestone found in the region. Our friend runs a stoneworking business. He rents quarry rights from ranchers along 232. They move the cows to one side of the acreage and he digs up rock. Then he covers it back up, the cows move to the other side, and he starts the process over again. 
His workshop is in Lucas, right under the tornado siren. Seven, on your drive back to Kansas City, you can eat at the Brookville Hotel off of I-70. The hotel became famous for frying chicken in World War II, although it's been around since the late 1800s. It used to be located in Salina, but the sewer system couldn't keep up with business, so they built a replica of the building 40 miles away in Abilene and reestablished there. That place is pretty kitschy, but I like their pickled apples. I think they brine them in cinnamon. You are not listening to Never Records. That was Elvis Achapole, an architect from Kansas City, reading a set of directions to the Flint Hills. I followed them. On a rare day off, I picked up the musician S.J. Downs from a motel near the Kansas City airport, and we used Elvis's directions as a roadmap to Tallgrass National Preserve. This was Stu's sixth Never Records, and I was so thrilled that he made the trek to the middle of America. Through Never Records, we've shared so many adventures together that that day, our first reunion since Amman, Jordan, we were giddy at adding yet another. It's difficult to describe the light at Tallgrass National Preserve. The uninterrupted horizon is so vast in all directions that the light is filtered through more atmosphere than perhaps any other place I've traveled. The light had a sepia tone, slightly desaturated with a rusty tint. Stu and I walked up the Windmill Prairie Trail, across several cattle catchers or cattle stops, metal tubes across a small bridge to discourage bison from leaving fenced-in areas. There were yellow warning signs everywhere that featured the silhouette of a bison ramming a stick figure. The signs warned to stay at least a football field away from the bison. We stopped at the top of a hill, and Stu pulled out his guitar and began to sing. I had forgotten a windscreen for my portable recorder, and I was worried that I wouldn't be able to get a good field recording because it was a windy day, until I discovered that by placing my recorder deep in the prairie grass in front of Stu, it was perfectly sheltered from the wind. You're about to hear S.J. Downs recorded live on a Kansas City prairie in the Flint Hills. It sounds like it was recorded in a studio, but aside from a little reverb I added to soften some of the artifacts from the insects and the wind, it's live, outside, under the vast Kansas sky.
You are not listening to Never Records Radio. That was S.J. Downs singing Wild Ox Holler, recorded on a Kansas prairie in September of 2018. Let me describe this next recording to you. The sounds you're hearing now were recorded at sunset, just north of Chase Fishing Lake by two radio towers. It is one of Elvis the Architect's favorite places to watch the sun dip below the vast horizon of Strong City, Kansas. Many towns on the way to the Flint Hills sprung up during the heyday of steam engine trains, serving as watering holes for the railroad. And Strong City, like the steam engine, seems to be in a state of extinction. I walked into an empty grocery store with bare shelves that reminded me of Chernobyl or Fukushima. Oh yeah? it's <laughs> cool. Stu and I grabbed a couple of beers from a gas station, and we parked in the driveway of one of the radio towers just before sunset. One of the amazing sounds from that evening was a distant car down the country road announcing its arrival a full minute before it passed. It was a magical moment and place. And Stu and I celebrated our reunion by marching up and down the road, serenading each other and the grasshoppers and the wind through the grass. Rumbling and rumbling blues. What I feel like rambling, gonna ramble the whole world around. Baby 
me ride. My baby, well, she's jumping down. Ways like an angel. Whoa, she ain't got no wings. She gets to shake her finger. My baby, my baby, well, she's jumping down. Get my feet. I said till I get my feet back on on sacred ground. You are not listening to Never Records Radio. That was S.J. Downs, recorded live at Never Records Kansas City on September 21st, 2018. Out of the dozen or so recordings that I've done with Stu, this is the first one where he plays electric guitar. Kevin Camarda, a musician who drove up from New Orleans to participate in his second Never Records, Lone Stew, his beautiful maroon Telecaster Deluxe. I love to hear the clamp of Stew's steel string grip on the thin electric strings. Everyone agrees he should play more electric guitar. You hear me, Stu? To me, the session had the import of Dylan performing electric at the Newport Folk Festival. Thank you for listening to Never Records Radio. 
Special thanks goes out to Elvis Achebol and S.J. Downs for their directions, both map and music. Heartfelt thanks and a big hug to all the musicians and artists that make Never Records possible. For more information, pictures, and video from today's sessions, please visit neverrecords.net. This show would not be heard if it weren't for Scott Morfitt and Eli Klatt at Converge Radio, who put Never Records on the airwaves with support from the UW Eau Claire Foundation. You are not listening to Never Records. <laughs>